Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the lead pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. We spend these 25 minutes together every week telling you the stories of our church by interviewing our members and other friends of the ministry. We always begin by personally inviting you to Harvest Baptist Church this Sunday. There are two services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. We have Japanese and Korean translation available during that 11 a.m. service. That is also the service that we live stream at hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. This week, we're back in our Can I Really Change series in Romans 8, verses 1 through 11 this week, Standard Spiritual Equipment. Let's begin today's harvest time by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Hi, Pastor. Hey, half a day, Chris. Standard spiritual equipment, yeah. Um, the first part of Romans chapter 8 is telling us that no matter how much we might struggle with habits, sometimes addictions, um, challenges in our Christian life, every Christian has been given the same uh, standard spiritual equipment. And the first 11 verses of chapter 8 are going to talk about, I think, at least three things that every Christian has that allow us to be able to have victory in our spiritual lives if we'll take advantage of using the equipment that we have. So, you know, like if you buy a vehicle, it comes with standard you know, equipment, and then you can add a bunch of extras onto it. But uh, when you're a Christian, you have standard spiritual equipment. Everybody has them. Nobody's missing them. And, and those resources give us the ability to really thrive in our Christian life. So I can't wait to dive into that and talk about it this Sunday. And we'd like to invite any listeners, if you do not have a church home where the Bible is being taught, we would love to have you come and join us. I think you'll be amazed and overwhelmed by the family that's here and the Spirit of God that's working. Um, we love introducing new guests to Harvest, and we have many every week. So we'd like to invite you to come. I think you'll feel right at home. I'm really pleased to have a familiar voice uh, in our studio with us, but uh, Bethany Taylor is with us. Bethany is the executive director of Harvest House, um, Ministry of Harvest Ministries and Harvest Baptist Church. Uh, Bethany, first of all, thanks for being with us. Halfaday, thank you, Pastor. Love being here. This week or this month is National Foster Care Awareness Month, which is the specific reason that we have you here. Um, and we, but we want to talk about all kinds of other stuff. But uh, what's National Care, uh, Foster Care Awareness? Yeah, May is geared up for National Foster Care Awareness Month. So it is a, a month that we dedicate at Harvest House to promote awareness about the need of the foster care program on Guam and the needs of our foster children and uh, really, obviously, the need to care for them as um, to recruit foster families to recruit for them or to care for them. And to um, also just as a church, we always love the opportunity to promote awareness within our church body and our brothers and sisters in Christ to come along and say, I want to care for those needs of the foster children on Guam, um, as well as businesses, you know, organizations, families. We love everybody to be a part of the foster child on Guam. Harvest House has been uh, around for, let me see now, like it was 10 years when I first came, 13 years? Yeah. Is that right? 13 years um, now. And uh, I think everybody that I talk to on Guam, on our island, is familiar with Harvest House, but maybe not everybody. Why don't you give us a quick primer 
of uh, how Harvest Harvest House started and what God's doing there. Yeah, we always love to tell the story. So thanks yeah. for letting us continue to tell the story. <laughs> and we love to hear it. So it's awesome. Yeah, 13 years ago, um, my husband and I became foster parents for the first time on island. And we had little baby Devin. He was 18 months old when we got him. He was um, a victim of shaken baby syndrome. So at three months old, um, abuse, you know, hit him hard and altered the rest of his life physically and um, in every aspect. He has multiple disabilities because of it. He's cortically blind and everything. So, um, yeah, it was a big shock for Josh and I to take on a child with such special needs. But because of that little guy, God worked, you know, as he always does in um, our lives individually. But I also believe he really worked in our church's life um, at that moment, too. Um, We saw for the first time taking in that one little baby in our church. um, Wow, what a need there was on Guam of uh, other abandoned, abused, and neglected children on island. And there were many people in our church that shared that passion. And because of it, we actually started a little living room Bible study of like-minded others that really had that same passion to care for kids like Devin. And we just started with prayer. And all we would do was pray for a vision and pray that God would lead us to be impactful in the vulnerable kids on our island's lives. And we had no idea what that would look like, obviously, but it would. we would just meet once in a while and pray in that living room floor, enjoy Devin. And we started with a big Christmas event and invited at that time, 13 years ago, there were less than 100 kids in the foster care system. And we invited them for a Christmas root beer floats. <laughs> Everybody got a Christmas gift. And we made a simple gospel message and just loved on the kids, had a little tiny carnival scenario for them. But that was the start of Harvest House. And really, when we saw a whole community come together, we were like, wow, like, how could we stop? Like, we just we just saw something uh, amazing out of God. And we we're like, these are people that are crying for help, would just really love a, even a pat on the back, right? Or a community of support. So it was just I would say a no-brainer, but at the same time, it was really just a God-prompting moment, right? It was just a, a a sweet moment by God that said, yeah, let's just keep going on this path. And it launched, uh, you know, the heart of a, a, you know, a ministry that's been very, very impactful. I want to ask some specific questions about that. Um, but uh, tell me the mission, you know, over the first few years, I think God— uh, honed that mission down to real clear purpose. Yeah, it is really just to provide a spiritual safe haven for our foster children on Guam by providing a safe haven uh, physically, socially, mentally, and spiritually. But our motto at Harvest House is helping Guam's foster community. So we do it in a very specific way. And it is nice that we have these bullet point, right, that we're just like really good at and we just stick to it. And over the years, those those main things that we do um, have multiplied because we've had more kids or more families, but the mission has been very clear. So physical needs are like our big thing at Harvest House. We have a nice, beautiful resource room. Kids could come in and we get to clothe them, shower them, um, get them the essentials that they would need. And that's a big part of what we do. We just take really good care of them from that moment they walk in. Um, We'll get them get them a nice shower and get them clothes and things that they need. And we'll get them McDonald's and they'll sit at our table and we just take really good care of them. Yeah. It's really a beautiful thing that happens. (laughs) And our staff, we don't have a large staff, but 
these are a committed group of of uh, ladies and then all kinds of other people that are connected. But that core group of our staff is sort of all hands on deck at that time and meet at our you know little resource center and have a chance in these most vulnerable moments in these children's lives to let them know that they're loved and somebody cares. And mm-hmm. in fact, I was just talking with your staff recently about this, um, you know, to be able to communicate to children, even as, you know, some new clothes or shoes are given to them that these were provided for you by people in our community, on our island, who love you enough that they they have this gift for you. Mm-hmm. It's really a beautiful thing for somebody in that situation to be able to hear. I think when I came here, my family and I came here, which was in 2018, the, uh, the foster children uh, on, on Guam, was the number was around 200, 250. And I remember thinking at that time, wow, that is a, a lot of kids that have a need in such a small population. But I think that since that time, that number is more than doubled. Like it's in the high 500s now. Um, what do you think is, is causing that? What's changed Yeah, I really do think the pandemic has had a lot to do with uh, the rise in numbers of foster children. I mean, for one, the lack of reporting in our public school system, our children have been at home and they haven't had eyes seen on them and um, the reports of abuse have been low. So now that that things are open on our island, more adults have seen our children in hard places and are reporting more abuse. Um, the other reason, um, it's very well known right now, uh, child protective services actually went through a really hard time Mm -hmm. and really low staff. And we're just really having a hard time keeping up with all the referrals that were coming in. So actually now that CPS, um, DYA actually came in and helped CPS and long story short, just to let you guys know that they have new staffing and they actually had to go back in the records and go and pull up all the referrals that they had missed over a year. Mm-hmm. So not only are they taking in all the referrals that are happening now, which almost has doubled this year, just even in the referrals, but they're also backlogged on about a thousand referrals that came in in the past couple years that they had to get to. So I really believe that's the multiple reasons why there's such a, a, a really a double increase of our foster kids is because CPS has had to do thorough work in really investigating the the calls that they have had in, in investigating. So. Yeah, and as sad as it is that the number is increasing of kids in the foster care system, in reality, this is good because these are kids that are at risk. These are kids in danger. And so to have somebody you know, reaching out and following up on, uh, on whatever the report is, that's a healthy thing for us. And we certainly want to see kids in healthy situations. Um, and I know, I mean, this is true worldwide. The pandemic has affected so many things, but particularly here uh, on our island, you know, we continue to... Our, just so, just sort of the anxiety of this season has driven lots of things going on. We we have, I mean, we all have to be transparent about. It. We have an ongoing um, addictions issue, you know, on the island, and it's not getting smaller. It's it's growing. It's something as a church we're so burdened for. Um, in order that uh, you know we we would be able to help systemically. Actually, I've told this story a few times that. 
um, you know, sometimes I feel like uh, as a church and for sure Harvest House is right on the front line of this, it feels like we're at like the the bottom of a, you know, heavy river of rapids and uh, coming off that rapids are children that are drowning and we're swimming out to, you know, grab these drowning children and rescue them and bring them to shore and give them hope and help. And this is awesome and it's needed and and Harvest House is planted right there. I think God planted it for that reason. But, you know, sometimes I'm burdened that um, as much as we want to be rescuing kids at the bottom, maybe some of us have to get upstream a little bit and find out why the kids are getting thrown into the water in the first place. And um, so, you know, I'm burdened for that from policies that we have to the you know, to strengthening families across our island, to spiritual hope. Um, and I and Harvest House is part of all of that. Harvest Ministries is part of that. And you know, we want to be part of the solution, whatever opportunities that God would give us. And and months like this put it right back in focus, right? I agree with you 100%. I really struggle watching these children come into our emergency triage center and seeing them so burdened by the trauma that they have been in. And and the parents have the the drugs and the um, addictions that a lot of our families suffer from. We all have to do a part in helping the biological family overcome these addictions that really take Uh, control of their lives and have a really hard time having good relationships with our children because of the addiction. And so, yes, poverty or addiction, whatever the situation is, I hope, and it is our prayer as a body of Christ, that we would come alongside and meet these physical and spiritual needs of the biological family. And yeah, we're right there with you. We Harvest House really wants to step up in that and helping our biological families. That's all about our hospitality and redemption part of our program. We want to show hospitality by these foster children entering a safe and beautiful home in a foster home to recover from their trauma. But we also want that redemption. That's so important. It's so vital to our Christian life and all of us is we want to be, um, we want that biological family to feel freedom from their addictions or their, or their hardship, whatever sin or whatever problem they're facing in a family unit and be restored and show that beautiful redemption that Christ does within our lives when we, when we accept Christ. Yeah. Maybe it's a good time to just stop for a minute and, and communicate to our listening audience that, you know, I don't know, you know, what your situation is as you're driving in the car or in your home or somehow God's brought this program across your ears. It may be that you feel a little bit like you're in that drowning situation in your family or in your personal life. It might have be affecting kids, you know, that you care for. Um, or others. And man, we just want to tell you as a church and as a ministry and even as Harvest House, we want, we really would like to help. If there's anything that we can do, would you reach out to the church? You can get a hold of us through their, um, through our website. And Chris will give you the you know, details at the end. But um, our pastoral team would like to help you. Um, yeah, we're burdened for families. We recognize the pain of of anybody who's lost a child or feel like they're failing their children. Nobody, nobody wants that. And it's incredibly painful. And, uh, and there's lots of things that go into it. And man, you, you got to have people around you. You got to have a village. You got to have a church, honestly, around you who help you walk through that. And if we can help you, we sure want to do that. Bethany, there's some awesome, um, victory stories that come through Harvest House. 
and uh, and it's amazing to hear them. Um, maybe to begin with is the increase in foster families, right? Yeah, actually, we have. I, I well, I'll, I'll even say from two thousand nine when we started as an organization, my husband and I were like one of eight foster families on Guam. Yeah, wow. And so we're up to almost seventy licensed foster homes now. Wow. And Harvest House does a lot of that recruiting and a mm-hmm. lot of that retaining of those foster families. We really build a network and a community and build those relationships with our foster families so that they know. They're not in it by themselves. I got a support team. I got some people that understand our situation. So it's, it's nice. We like to do that. Yeah, and really part of the mission is um, you know, providing as much support as possible so that more families would be able to say yes, right? Because they feel like there's a support system in place. And we want to do more and more of that. So that's cool. Yeah, talking about success stories, I we have a little chat group on our on our Harvest House of foster moms just chat about life. And I have two today that just talked about how that even over maybe a year of watching their babies and maybe even from very tiny baby to like their one, one and a half, but I have two foster moms going to be saying goodbye this month to their foster child and going to be reunited with their biological mom after working very hard at wow. whatever their their program was to get their child back. So those are success stories we really celebrate. And we also come alongside the foster mom and recognize that that hurt, right? Sure. They, they invested in a child that is like theirs and their family, and it's a hard thing to do as a foster parent. But at the same time, we rejoice for that biological family to be restored. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, so cool. Yeah, it's really beautiful. Um, nearly 600 children in the system. You said 70. That's awesome. 70 foster families. But even if those families, you know, foster more than one child, there's still a lot more. And we know where that is. But if you could let people know, where are those kids? Yeah, over half of our foster children are with relatives. And then there are a few in the shelter. So I would say we probably have 30 foster children waiting placement right now. Mm -hmm. And then whenever there's a need a foster child, a triage, you know, what we talked about earlier. And we have those seven sibling sets come into Harvest House. They're sitting in the waiting room, literally waiting placement. Yeah. And that, we, we're we really, all those licensed foster families are full. So as soon as we have a recruitment of a foster informational meeting, and we tell you that information, there are times you'll get a child the following week. Mm. That is how desperate our system is of needing foster homes to take these children in. I wanna get some details on those information sessions just a minute, but maybe one more piece to fill this out. Um, so we talked about those, you know, 50% of these children are in bio, uh, family homes. What, how did you say that, what were the words? Yeah, over 50% are with relatives. With relatives, right. And Harvest House is ministering there as well. It's not just to those 70 foster, you know, official licensed foster families. Definitely. You know, our poor, our poor relatives, yeah. you know, you might have five children yourself and then you're taking your sister's five children. That's 10 kids. A lot of them have a, a lot of yeah. kids. And, um, it's amazing, really. So many of, of so our sacrificial, families, yeah. and yeah. many. I mean, I would say we. I believe we have seventy percent of our foster children are Chamorro, are our island children, mm-hmm. and so I just, I yeah. 
we really want to be a blessing to those relatives. Yeah. They sacrifice so much to mm. take those kids in and to be family and to give them all the education and the spiritual support and the, the emotional support that these kids need. And a lot of them have a lot of needs. So to come alongside and get to shop at our resource center once a month and then have Rosie, she sits and talks with them and just lets them pour out their hearts mm. and really comes alongside them and prays with them and calls them and checks on them. And they really appreciate it. Yeah, it's so so awesome, and we love that part of it. Uh, tell us about the informational meeting. If someone says, boy, I don't know, it sounds scary, but can I know some more information? I really hope we have a good turnout. I'm hoping, you know, it's, it's May, National Foster Care Awareness Month. Um, we're really just pushing our island and our community to come together um, May 26th. Thursday night at Wendy's in Timooning at 6.30 p.m. It's like one hour. And I just tell the tell you what it's like to be a foster parent on Guam. You'll get all the information. You don't have to sign up that night to be a foster parent. But the more people that come are the more knowledgeable about the foster care system on Guam. And when you're knowledgeable, you know never know who you're going to impact. Mm-hmm. You don't know if your neighbor is going to become a foster parent or you're in your play date group or, or in your church, who you're going to talk to. And it, you just might have the right information to give somebody else if it's not for you. So I'm really hoping for a great turnout on May 26th at Thursday night at Wendy's in Timooning. They were gracious to let us have their restaurant. Yeah. How awesome. Opened it up for First us, right? Time. It's yeah. really awesome. And yeah, they're all about their mission too is about forever homes. That That's something that they really strive for. So I just thought it was suiting, and we're really hoping for just a great turnout of our our families to come out and learn about being a foster parent. And how else? So somebody says, "Uh, I'm not quite ready for that step, but I'd like to help. How else can I help? Well, one of the neat things that we just started this year is our respite program. And whether you're a teacher and you have your summers off or... Um, maybe you're, you have just weekends off of your work and you just think, I can't be a foster parent, but hey, I could give a weekend, three weekends a year to a foster child, or I could become like an extended part of the family to the foster family. We have this respite cro- program. You can sign up at Harvest House. We do a thorough background check and all those things. And it's a, a, a nice little program that we have. And you can be on our list. And so when a foster parent says, you know, I just need a weekend. I just need to, you know, get my thoughts together again and regroup as a, as a bio family and get strength and, and, and spiritual encouragement ready to take on the child again on Monday. Or maybe they need to go off island. Our respite program takes on and you get to just be an extension to the foster family. And then there's always volunteers at Harvest House. We need babysitters for our support group meetings. And again, big push out to everybody can be a donor. Everybody can either give financially online once a month and give a little something, or they can donate essentials. We always need diapers. We always need fresh underwear because we want our children to come and get clean underwear and clean clothes um, and all brand new essentials. So any of those things when you're out shopping, just grab one, grab one pack, one shampoo, one toothpaste, one toothbrush, one pack of underwear, whatever it is, one pack of diapers, put it in your cart and donate to Harvest House. We're open Monday through Friday, eight to four for all those donations to come in. It really does take our island and there's just hundreds and hundreds of people that uh, their investment makes a difference. Um, And so 
thank you to many of you that are listening that are part of uh, you know part of the donation team and uh, in other ways. But uh, man, if you could join along, we'd invite you to your your uh, investment will make a difference. Definitely. Thank you, Bethany, for uh, your time. Thank you for your passion for this ministry, the way that God's equipped you for this. Um, praying that God continues to bless Harvest House in really, really amazing ways. Me too. I, I'm so thankful that Harvest Ministries sees Harvest House as vital to our community and has really given our church body a, a, a place to serve, very vulnerable on our island. And I'm just pleased to be a part of it and so thankful for what God equips us for, right? Yeah. All right, so May is National Foster Care Awareness Month. Maybe this month is the uh, month that you get involved. So thanks, Bethany. Welcome. And thank you for listening to Harvest Time. We always want to, just at this point in the program, invite you to Harvest Baptist Church this Sunday. There are two services, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. We have Japanese and Korean translation during that 11 a.m. service. That's also the service where we live stream hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. That's also the website in which you can directly contact the church. If you're in need of help or in need of something from us, do that there. Also, you can find Harvest House at harvesthouseguam.org, harvesthouseguam.org. Remember at church this Sunday, back at our Can I Really Change series in Romans 8, 1 through 11, Standard Spiritual Equipment. Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time.